often that's the point where God meets us the most, where those, those longings, those desires are most acute. Those unmet, unfulfilled quests and yearnings are most alive. You don't need to ignore those. That's not what it means to be a Christian, is to deny your longings and dreams and hopes. There's a way to meet God in the midst of them. And that's what Advent is about. This year, we'll be following Mary during Advent. And uh, we'll be watching how she waits as she receives a life-changing message from the angel Gabriel. Now, for many centuries, believers had neither Bibles or could read. And so the way that they engaged the stories of Scripture was through art. They were spiritually formed by contemplating sacred beauty. And tonight we're going to join them. We're going to begin our Advent journey by meditating just briefly on John Van Eyck's painting, The Annunciation. Uh, Van Eyck was a 15th century painter from Belgium. He was part of a renewal movement called the Modern Devotion or Devotio Moderna. It stressed a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It also uh, was known for its people living in monasteries throughout the cities of the Netherlands. They were urban monastics. Van Eyck uh, signed all of his paintings with the words, as best I can. This painting was originally part of a three-part altarpiece. You can find it in the National Gallery of Art today. Now, Mary would not have encountered Gabriel in a church, of course. And the painter knows this. So why does he put her there? Well, he wants to use the structure of the church to depict the transition from law to grace that Mary played such a significant role in as she gave birth to the Christ. The top of the church is in the older, darker, Romanesque style. The one God of Israel stands on a globe in the stained glass window. Two paintings from the life of Moses, which you can barely see, are to the left and right of the window. All of this is in the shadows signifying that the Old Covenant was still a time of relative spiritual darkness. The bottom of the church is in the newer Gothic style. That style incorporated more windows and therefore let in more light. The three windows behind Mary represent the Trinity, which let in more of the light of God's revelation. And so the upper area of the church exists in darkness, while the lower area, where Mary meets the angel, is flooded with light. Jesus is the light of the world. He ushers in the new covenant of grace and spirit. And Mary is the bearer of the light of the world. Mary and Gabriel are far larger than they would naturally be. And this emphasizes Mary's role and bringing Christ into the world and helping us transition from law to grace. Now Luke tells us that the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary and said, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. 
and you can barely see it. And by the way, if you're interested, if you go on the National Gallery of Art uh, website, uh, you can uh, click on it and, and blow this up into larger proportion. That's what I did. The words of the angel are written in Latin in front of uh, her mouth. Mary is afraid. And in Luke's account, the angel comforts her by citing a messianic prophecy from 2 Samuel 7. The Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And Luke, like the other gospel writers, wanted their readers to know that Jesus came in fulfillment of Old Testament types and prophecy. A type is a story that prefigures Christ, and a prophecy more directly predicts the coming of the Messiah. And Van Eyck depicts this in his painting. Mary is interrupted as she reads scripture, presumably scriptures pointing to the Messiah. Two Old Testament stories are etched on the tiles before Mary. And again, you can only see these if you get up close, but one is of Samson, who delivered Israel from her enemies, and the other is of David slaying Goliath. And the medieval theologians believed that these were types foreshadowing the Messiah, who will deliver Israel from her enemies and defeat the Goliath of Satan. The signs of the zodiac are on the borders of the tile. And artists painted these into medieval churches to show that Christ reigned over the entire universe. Seven golden rays fall on Mary, and a seven-petaled lily is before her. And this is an allusion to the seven gifts of the Messiah that he is to receive according to Isaiah's prophecy in Isaiah chapter 11, 2 to 3. Mary, Luke says, is greatly troubled at the angel's message and wonders how she will conceive as she's a virgin. And Gabriel responds, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And in the painting, the dove, the symbol of the Spirit, comes with the light to rest on Mary. And eventually Mary says, yes, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And in the painting, Mary's response is written in Latin, except it's written upside down so God could read it. <laughs> Lastly, a word about Gabriel's wings. They are made of peacock feathers, which for a medieval Christian artist were a symbol of immortality. They are in the color of a rainbow, which reminds us of the story of Noah. And just as God saved Noah through the covering of the ark, so he will save us through the covering of Jesus. Now, few worshipers in Van Eyck's day had read the Gospel of Luke. But instead, every time they came into the church, they saw the story in vivid realism painted on the altar before them. And each time they worshiped, they were reminded that Christ, the light of the world, has led us from law to grace. And they were reminded of the faithfulness of Mary, whose brave yes welcomed the promises of God into the world. Now, most of us, including me, are not used to engaging in art as a spiritual practice. We're more familiar with the time-honored practice of reading scripture, looking for a principle or promise, and applying it. A contemplative engagement of sacred art is different. 
You are approaching the mystery more with your heart than your head. You are looking more for presence than principle. So I encourage you this week to experiment with this. You'll receive a copy of the Annunciation with your devotion in the morning. And just spend a few minutes meditating on it. What does it make you feel like? What does it make you think of? How does it stir you to pray? The great spiritual writer Henry Nouwen had reached a breaking point in his academic career. He was a beloved lecturer at Yale, at Harvard, and a best-selling author, but something was missing. And he spent an entire day at the Hermitage Museum in St. Petersburg meditating on Rembrandt's painting of the prodigal son. And later he reflected that that was the first time in his life he truly understood that he was the beloved son of God. Suddenly he was freed from the performance treadmill. He went back, resigned his positions at Yale and Harvard, and then moved to spend the rest of his life in a community for the handicapped in Toronto. He said it was time to stop teaching about love and experience it instead. That's what can happen when you spend a day before painting.